sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome, folks. Yes, Friday, Friday Business Eye. And today I feel great because, you know, this week was the first time since December that I actually was out in the back garden without a coat, without a hat and gloves. And I could feel the warmth of the sun on my face. And they were saying spring is here. Spring is on its way. And then the next day I got my pick and I started digging up the back of the garden. And then I put my back out. There we go. Haven't done any exercise. But Simon, how are you? How's your week been? It's been great. It's been great. Yeah, no, you're right. Monday just kind of went from winter to spring. And it's just been, it's just great to see the blue sky and, and hear the birds as well in the evenings. And, you know, there's there's not yet a grand stretch in the evening, but there's a stretch in the evening, which is great. So it just feels, it, everything feels a little bit lighter and um, it's just, it feels a bit better. You know, it's great. It's interesting, you know, the stretch in the evenings and the mornings, and that sort of gives us that energy as well. But since our last time when we jumped on, it sort of dawned on me that, you know, we jump on these calls or we have Zoom calls with clients. And what happens is we get off it. And I think something psychologically in the background, I think you're gone off driving somewhere, you're going for a coffee. But we all sort of get out of this window and we're all still stuck in our little pods. And it sort of really hit me the other day. And I was going, what is my, what is, what is this like, this driving force behind us? And w- I'm trying to find one good thing out of lockdown. And what for me, the one good thing is spending time with my kids. And I have a little four year old and every morning she prints off, you know, two pictures of unicorns. And she sits down with me at nine in the morning and we do a a tree marker challenge. So we pick tree markers and the two of us are coloring in each picture to see which one is the best. And I feel like I'm in therapy. I feel like I'm I'm in counselling and I'm sitting there in this cocoon and I'm colouring in a unicorn. But it's great. You know, it's it's some of the things that, you know, I wish my father had done with me a long time ago. But that's the good thing on lockdown. No, you're right. And, you know, we've done we did jigsaws back in the first lockdown, March last year, March, April. And I hadn't done a jigsaw since like the early 80s. And, you know, every day nearly I've gone for a long walk with my wife. I think since March, we calculated we've done about 30 marathons in terms of walking, which is just great. You know, we wouldn't have done that if we were commuting and the old slog, you know. The only one thing as well, we're all doing the walking, but I think the mobility is an issue. You know, that strength training still needs to be put in. You know, we're walking, but, you know, don't ask me to do any sit-ups or, you know, (laughs) and lift any weights, you know, hence with the swing and the pick. But I think that's one issue that living in in lockdown is mobility. I sound real old saying that. Yeah, you do, you do, you do. We both do. <laughs> but in saying old, we have two very young, wonderful ladies with us today. Um, we're going to be speaking about empowerment. We're going to be speaking about bullying. We're going to be speaking about lockdown. So it's going to be a very interesting show. And our first guest is Pauline. She is a life and professional coach, and she interests in, in change through empowerment. She focuses on helping individuals achieve their personal and aspiration and goals. Pauline is passionate about empowering individuals to achieve outcomes important to them in their personal and professional life. Hi, Pauline. How are you? How are you, Joe? Delighted to be here. And our second guest is uh, Dr. Angela Mazzon. Cool. And you're a postdoctoral researcher at the National Anti-Bullying Research and Resource Centre 
at DC, uh, Dublin City University. You're involved in a large-scale national study on workplace bullying, which is funded by the HSC. Um, you, you completed your PhD in psychology, um, and you were a visiting researcher at several U- European universities. You've been involved in international research projects focused on bullying in various contexts. And this is really interesting. Um, your main areas of research have been workplace bullying, school bullying, bullying towards immigrant youth, peer relations, and social moral development. So welcome. It's great. It's great to see you both. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, everyone. And thanks for having me. You know, one of the things that which really shocked me um, in when we were doing a research for this, that in, in 2014, you know, we were the seventh worst country in Europe to do with bullying, you know, and many companies as well, I found, which I'm shocked, are inefficiently equipped to do with, with the process of bullying in, in the organisations. Um, well, um, ABC published um, a report in, in 2020 about uh, the workplace bullying cases that were brought to the Workplace Relations Commission. And it seems that there is still lots of work to do because we found that uh, most cases that were brought to the Workplace Relations Commission and were awarded belong to organizations which did not have any procedures in place uh, to tackle bullying and to address the bullying cases. So much needs to be done, but of course, it's not all about policies uh, and practices and procedures. It's about we need to change the culture in the organizations. Bullying is tolerated sometimes because, first of all, it's not recognized, it's not acknowledged, which means that people are not aware of bullying. And the reason why they are not aware of bullying is um, that bullying could be could take very subtle forms. So mostly workplace bullying is of a psychological nature. People might use employees or managers uh, might use a language, for instance, which um, might be offensive, but might be highly tolerated within the organizations. And like attitudes, behavior, language, um, which are negative, uh, but might convey some subtle form of aggression, when they are tolerated, they are uh, likely to favor bullying behavior. It's it's interesting, Angela, because, you know, it's everything's about communication. And it's funny, you know, I won't mention which one, but one of my two daughters has just started an internship. And she said yesterday that she felt like, you know, somebody was maybe paying more attention to somebody else rather than her, right? And, and you know, you could, if you were in this certain frame of mind, say that that was bullying, right? You could, if you were in that frame of mind. So how much of this is about unconscious behavior, uh, communication, crossed wires of communication between people? Mm. Yeah, first of all, social exclusion is widespread. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most common um, experiences in the workplace, as well as, I mean, among school children. Uh, And that's why people have the belief that the forms of aggression or bullying that are more harmful are those who convey uh, an abusive language or like physical aggression among children. But in fact, social exclusion, being singled out is extremely painful. It has changed from the 80s and 90s when we were in our early 20s and 30s where it was normal to be abused by your manager because they 
they believed fear was a was a, a motivational tool to get you to do your work. Pauline, you're speaking with a lot of people and you specialize in dealing with people in their, you know, their mid twenties to, you know, mid thirties. Mm-hmm. What are you finding within that network and that age group of people who within the workplace? Yeah, actually, I was interested when I was reading the the research that LinkedIn did, you know, 63% of that group between 24 and 34 are are reporting higher stress levels, you know, working from home um, during the pandemic. But what I'm finding is that very often, just like Angela says, you know, they don't recognize what's going on in the workplace as bullying, like some of the language that's being used or, you know, what they've been asked to do. Whereas I sitting on the other side of the table say, well, that actually, you know, is unacceptable behavior, whether it's from a boss or from from a colleague. So certainly what I'm finding at the moment during this lockdown is that a a lot of the bullying is coming from the top down you know, where people are given um, really unrealistic deadlines, unrealistic targets, you know, there's no recognition for the pressure that people are under in the home, where there's so many conflicting, you know, uh, challenges, whether it's the children, it's the work, it's, you know, trying to get food and everything ready. So, and they don't feel that they can push back because, you know, there's been so many laid off during this time. Um, and they're fearful for for their employment. So there's a lot of top down bullying, I feel, going on at the moment. And what I find I'm advising them is that they have to stand up themselves to take more control over their workspace. So, yeah, Joe, I find, I'm finding a lot of it is, is from the top down. The other aspect that's coming in is this idea of not knowing what's going on because we're all sitting at home. We don't have the same social structures that we would have if we were in the workplace where you can find a lot through the pipeline or whatever, what's going on. So there's this real feeling that's causing more pressure as well as that um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's coming down the line. I'm not invited to all the meetings. So I am being excluded. And, you know, there's a story then that goes on, build this up into something maybe it's not or something that it is. So I guess that's what I'm seeing over the last year is is a lot of these those things with, with that cohort. Yeah, it seems, I mean, you know, I think some of the research is suggesting something like 1.7 million days a year of missed of work because as a result of bullying, which is costing the economy something like nearly a quarter billion euro a year. I mean, it's huge. And I used to work for US multinationals, and I remember there were lots, this was 20 years ago, there were loads of court cases in the States around People being excluded or ignored, that was a form of bullying, you know. That was a lot of conversation 20 years ago. And back to Pauline's point, you know, this must be very significant right now because we're all remote and disconnected. Angelo, I mean, without naming companies or even getting too much into sectors, are there are there sectors that are doing better in this space than others? Or, or how can you break it down a little bit without naming names? Yeah, so uh, what we know from the international literature is that um, healthcare is one of the sectors where uh, bullying has, um, where we register the highest rate of bullying. And together with healthcare, um, we also have education. Mm, the, the thing is that we, we, when we think about bullying, 
in the education sector, we're used to think that uh, we used to think about school children. So the bullying happens among children, but we also need to look at teachers, principals, board of management, because of course they contribute to to build the school climate. So I believe actually that anti-bullying programs should be tackled should 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 be aimed to tackle both workplace bullying and school bullying in the education sector. So, yeah, we should be using a combined approach to tackle both phenomena. One of the biggest things as well is people not admitting, especially in as, as we get older, that they are being bullied because, you know, they're an adult and this is something that only happens to in children. Is there a case of those mind games that are being potentially used now Picking on individuals, ignoring them because they don't like them and favoring other people within the organization. Yeah. So as a researcher, I I speak when I have the data and I don't have any data about that. So I don't have any recent collected data about that. But what I can say is that um, the, the offline workplace environment might reflect the online workplace environment. So the dysfunctional relationships that um, we might have observed before in the the offline workplace might now take place in the online environment. So I would not be surprised to see these kind of uh, subtle behaviors by managers or even by coworkers uh, now happening even, uh, even in the circumstances of remote working. What about gender? Is your research, and, and also back to you as well, Paul, on the same point, so is it pointing to, um, you know, more more women are registering complaints or, or is it more of an age thing? And who's, you know, when the complaints are coming in, uh, is it the male bosses? Is it the female bosses? How is it breaking down? Yeah, so in the report that I mentioned before, that ABC published in November 2020, we found that most perpetrators were um, were men, and most people who uh, raised a complaint to the workplace relation commissions were women. So it could be. I mean, also the international research shows that uh, women are more likely to be bullied. But there are also uh, there is the research is not consistent in terms of gender differences. For instance, uh, it has been shown that in in works where uh, female are predominant, for instance, in the healthcare um, is, is predominantly female who work in this sector, men are more likely to be bullied. So there are there is international evidence showing showing that. So the research is um, there are contrasting findings, yeah. but mostly women are 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 likely to be bullied. Yeah. And Pauline, what, what are your comments or observations on, on that whole gender gender issue? Simon, I suppose I'm, what I'm thinking of is, you know, we have the the evidence in terms of the data, but I suppose what I'd be more concerned about is how many actually come forward and speak about their bullying experience. You know, it takes a while to draw out individuals in terms of what's really going on in the background in terms of their strategy to put it down to bullying or name it as bullying, whereas females would be, you know, uh, quicker to state, you know, that I feel I'm being bullied at work. Um, so I just think some of the data may be misleading in terms of how open and how easily people come forward. And I think, again, looking at the research, you know, 
and again, I'm, I'm, I'm using this time of lockdown, but looking, seeing that 90% of people are feeling higher stress levels, but only 10% are actually accessing resources like the employee assistance program. That's really worrying, you know, because people are struggling out there and I can see it in my work. You know, people are, are coming to me, but there's actual, like there's lots of great companies who are providing, you know, great supports for their employees but the employees aren't accessing them. And that would concern me. You know, why aren't they accessing them? So, yeah, I'm seeing it more in females, definitely. And But I work with more females. You know, 30% of my business would be male. Um, but certainly the females are seeing it, uh, are, are quicker to name it. And one of the key instances that we were looking at last year and trying to bring something into the workplace is around females returning from uh, maternity leave or returning from an illness where they felt that, and this is the stories that go on in our heads, they don't know whether it's bullying or, you know, passive aggressive behavior that's going on. But because they've been out, out of the workplace for so long, they feel that they're being targeted, you know, and feel that it's difficult to bring this up because it's obviously they're feeling it from their manager and who, who can they go to and um, so that yeah so definitely female Simon to your point but I just wonder how many men are actually being bullied and how many are coming forward you're spot on there as well Pauline because if there's a certain amount and it's women who were speaking out and it's always women believe it, that who do actually speak out more than men and that's to do with the man the male ego or pride you know i've heard stories of people in their in in their mid 50s who are suffering from major anxiety and fear because they're being being bullied there's a real undercurrent with lockdown and I have bad days in lockdown. I really do. I, you know, I'm, I'm a strong willed person. You know, I'm very jovial. I'm always smiling. But there is those moments that I just have to take a step back and go, if I'm not coping, mm-hmm. what are people out there who might be just trapped in some sort of prison of fear? How are they coping within within this on a daily basis? And that's the one thing that that really shocks me and scares me that what is going to be evolving within their whole um, war culture when we go into into the into the 2022 yeah. yeah i agree with that joe and when, when you think of it you know i mean and, and i've had personal experience like i i don't mind saying as a former lawyer i was bullied terribly at work you know and and i've also seen a young female lawyer terribly bullied at work in australia as well and but when you think about it, bullies are fearful. You know, you know, the school bully was always the person with most fear. And and I'm wondering, Angela, or maybe start with you, Angela, has has there been much? I mean, you know, all these all these bosses who you know are bullying or being perceived to be bullying, is has there been that much, you know, exploration as to what is it that's making them feel like it's okay to bully? Has there been much exploration in that space? Yeah, bullying is clearly an abuse of power. So clearly, those who are uh, who have more power are more likely to bully others. So in many cases, um, managers are the perpetrators of bullying. And um, I think it's it it would be important actually to to provide a definition of bullying, because people are might might have a different understanding uh, as compared to researchers. We define bullying as a systematic and repeated behavior, which is perpetrated by. Uh, someone who has more power as compared to the target. So there is an imbalance of power 
there between the perpetrator and the target, and the target finds it difficult to stand up for themselves. Is it sometimes that a manager who is bullying, but he is overwhelmed himself with the work that he has to do, and he's taken that frustration out on the people around him? Because we know that if you're, say, working on a project or you're trying to achieve something and you're getting interrupting or there's other stressful things coming in, you can automatically, you know, jump and let out a roar or whatever it may be. Is that a thing that there's so much pressure on these that they feel that they had, they're a manager now and they have to do a really good job that some of them then are taking this out on the staff? Mm, absolutely. I, yeah, um, I think it's um, it's very likely, but of course, bullying can't be ju- justified. So uh, the, this kind of behavior is conveying, conveying the message that managers need support as well. And we also need to raise awareness about bullying among managers because they need to be aware of their own um, issues or they might need support they, and they might also need to speak up and ask for help when it's needed. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I suppose what scares me sometimes, though, is and this is this is real life experience that I'm seeing with my clients is it's not just coming from the next level management, like it's coming from higher up in the organization. And so so when that happens, you know, the, the employee really feels that there's nowhere to turn because going to HR is not working because HR become under the remit of that manager. And I've seen this now in three organizations during lockdown. And really what's been said to the employee, well, if you don't like it, there's the door. You know, so what's the comeback to that? I mean, that is a form of bullying, you know. Um, so yeah, I do think it's insecurity, it's workload, but also I work from a holistic point of view, like it's it's mentally, emotional, spiritual, and physical. And you don't leave, you can't leave the rest of your life at the door when you come into work, you know. So there's a huge amount of pressure on relationships, a huge amount of pressure, you know, with 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 trying to, to school children at home. So like it's coming at everybody from all sides. So I think we have to be very um, aware of the pressures that are on people at the moment and try and put supports in place that, you know, supports the employee and supports the management as, as well um, in, 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 uh, during this time, you know, because it's going to go on for another nine months at least, I think. It is indeed. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Yes, folks, and welcome back to Business Eye. Unfortunately, we just had a little bit of a technical difficulty and we've after losing our two guests for today. But myself and Simon are going to continue on. Our apologies and hopefully we can get our guests back again. If you want to reach out to them, you can actually find them online and you'll see in the comments here in the show notes uh, there you'll have their details as well. So, Simon, you know, interesting part of the show. What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that? Oh, it's a huge area, you know, and uh, I think, Angela, you know, the research was it's really valuable because, you know, we all know about bullies we've all met bullies and uh and there's a lot of conversation and it's all heightened because we're online and remote and stress and stuff but you do need to have some metrics and statistics to prove this and uh, it was also interesting listen to pauline that i thought she was going to talk about you know um 
most of the non-Irish feeling bullied. But then she said that, you know, in the multinationals, it's the Irish who feel like it's the other way around, you know, because, you know, some of these overseas, you know, workers coming in and, you know, and they're getting the positions and stuff. That It's just a minefield. There's so many different nuances and different angles to this, Joe. It's just huge. Like, it, is it a case, you know, insecurity? Really? Is is that what it is that what it boils down to? You know, I think there's insecurity, there's awareness, there's resilience, there's 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 so many layers to this, you know. And yeah, yeah. somebody's bully is somebody else's friend, you know. It just it's it's so complicated. Yeah, definitely. As every week talk about lockdown madness. With lockdown, we're talking about buying Irish. Um I believe they you know there was someone mentioned on RTE that at Rossler Airport there was 22 trucks per day coming in from Amazon um, into the economy. And people are also noticing products that are, are no longer on our shelves as well. So big, huge organizations are the ones that seem to be profiting from uh, lockdown and the smaller, smaller companies here are, are suffering. You're right. There's so many tensions, you know. I mean, we keep hearing rightly by Irish, by Irish. And yet, you know, you hear of those trucks coming in and then Amazon is looking to build a fulfillment center in Ireland. And, you know, if you weren't paranoid, you would think, are these big corporates in cahoots with governments? And, you know, is this a way to suck money out of local communities? I'm not paranoid, but but you do kind of wonder a little bit, you know, what's going on. Um, talking about the big, the big tech companies as well, like Amazon. I see Facebook basically are censoring the information that's going into the people in in Australia. I saw uh, it was mentioned. Yeah, it was mentioned on Sky today. So I know yeah. it's 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 an interesting world. You know, you just wonder. You you do wonder where it's all going. We, you, we interviewed um, Raymond Hegarty a few yeah. weeks ago. You know, yeah. the innovation IP guy. And, you know, we had this conversation with him and, you know, and we were saying, you know, is this is this all bad or is this all negative? And I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he was saying, you know, they've almost got so powerful. It's almost getting to the point where it's going to be hard to stop them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Scary. Pull the plug, pull the plug. <laughs> thinking about stopping and thinking about information, I know that um, the – the Health Advisory Board in Ireland, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, uh, I believe sent a letter out to all the doctors not to speak out publicly uh, um, about the decisions that they are being, that they are introducing or being made. And I'm wondering, is that a form of bullying? Well, it certainly sounds to me like a form of control, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, if you work that through, I mean, control, when, when, when somebody controls somebody else, they have a reason to do that. And it tends to be fear, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fear. And it's also, you know, what's coming down the track. I think people are starting to question a lot and, you know, question everything. And I think more and more people, especially over, if you look about it over the last couple of weeks of the people that we've interviewed yeah. and, you know, all of them are saying, yeah, we're tired of this. And we, you know, we're really tired of this. And I think that's the momentum that's happening out there within the workplace that people are getting tired and people want to see changes rapidly. I've seen a shift and I've seen it in me as well. Like, I mean, you were saying this to me last year, you know, wake up and question. And I was listening to you, Joe, and I was thinking, does he know something I don't know? But then the last month in me, I'm questioning more than I have for the last year. And so 
I wouldn't be the only one. So there is an awakening happening. It's got me through life. Um, and traveling through all through all the countries that I travel through is watch yourself and have your wits yeah. about you always. Yeah. No, you're right. I think that's key. I think that's yeah. key. Honest. Yeah. Simon, great show. Wish you all a happy and successful weekend. Get out of the office or get out of the home or out of the pod. The sun is shining. You know, enjoy life. There's more to there's more to life than work and emails. So exactly. until next week from myself and Simon. Take, take care. care.